Welcome to Slug's bi-weekly Slug Soundwaves podcast. Here, in our print mag and on slugmag.com, enjoy our curated content that highlights the best of Utah's alternative and underrepresented music, arts, events, and community subcultures. If Slug has benefited you or someone you love, consider contributing to sustain our existence. Head to slugmag.com donate to join our community of donors. KRCL was founded in 1979 to bring a more diverse voice to Salt Lake City and surrounding areas. KRCL is community-funded and supported, which allows diverse commercial-free programming that varies from indie to hip-hop, blues to bluegrass, metal, punk, indigenous, and bilingual programs. And every weekday at 6 p.m., KRCL's Radioactive brings you grassroots activism and civic engagement with punk rock farming and live local music on Fridays. Tune in to KRCL at 90.9 FM, stream at krcl.org, or download the app on the App Store. Listening, this is Slug Soundwaves. I'm Tyler from Future Ex Boyfriend. And I am Ian. I play keys. Not here is Josh and Isaac. Josh plays the drums and Isaac plays the bass. To describe our music for someone that's never heard it before, I usually just tell people it's just music that makes you want to dance. Makes you want to dance and think about sex. (laughs) Maybe drugs sometimes. Maybe drugs. Yeah, I mean the drugs and sex is really nice, but honestly it's just like really fun. I've always made music as a form of escapism. I'm like a super avoidant person emotionally. I never really wanted to deal with a lot of my emotions growing up. That's like kind of where music was a good outlet for me. And so then it's like more fun that the music feels. I feel like the more I don't think about those things. When I started Future Ex-Boyfriend, it was just me in my basement just recording. I was in a few projects beforehand, and one of those projects, it was pretty gnarly breakup. We're, we're better now, like, as friends, but there's a while that I was like, I don't know if we're ever going to be, like, friends again. And my really good friend, Marnie Proudfit, who's another musician, we worked together at Google at one point. And she was like, oh, so you, like, feel kind of bad because you didn't know that they were going to be your future ex-boyfriends. And I was just like, oh, I, I like that. And I like wrote that down. To me, it was kind of like this project started from the ashes of my future ex-boyfriends in my other bands. So I joined earlier this year. It's been a really good time. It's funny because I've told them it's not necessarily music that I would listen to beforehand, but, but it is a hell of a lot of fun to play. I've been hearing a lot of dance music on his playlists lately. Since, like, since joining <laughs> the band, yeah, all three of the boys have definitely broadened what I listen to since joining the band, so that's been really fun.
growing up, my dad always had like Prince on and Michael Jackson, a lot of 80s pop music. My dad really loves NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys as well. He was really into breakdancing, apparently. But yeah, so that was like always on. Like music was just like on in our house like all the time. So the album is called FXB. So it's technically a self-titled album. That's like our little acronym for Future Ex-Boyfriend. I was going through a breakup and the reason for the breakup was just like not compatible, like as far as what we wanted in life. Instead of putting an end to it, I was doing things like, uh, you know, smoking too much weed if I was going to be hanging out with her, which is really unfortunate. Those themes on the album are like super present. Eventually, we did break up because I was told I should quit music. Um, I didn't fly, obviously. A lot of the album is like me coming to terms with a lot of toxicity of my own personality, as well as realizing that I was kind of being a shitty boyfriend because of my avoidance and using drugs and alcohol to cope a lot. songs that were like really affected by the breakup was you know like hazy is a pretty direct story of using weed to not think about your breakup or like think about the person should have loved you more is like a tongue-in-cheek thing that she actually said to me at a certain point She's like, oh, you're going to wish that you would have loved me more. And so that song is about that conversation because I always just thought it was like a silly thing to say to someone. Tape Loop is about kind of running into the same cycles over and over again. Um, Faded is about it. Self-sabotage is about it. I want to say like 9 out of 13 songs are probably about that. I just got really nervous. I was like, I hope she never hears this podcast, but I doubt it. I doubt she will. When we played Kilby Block Party, it was the same day as Phoebe Bridgers, which was like my ex's favorite artist. And I know that she was in the crowd during Kilby Block Party. We unveiled a lot of the new songs. And that was probably the most therapeutic thing ever. About halfway through the set, I saw one of her friends and then I like figured out where she was. And it was actually like right before we played Shoulda Loved You More, which is like in my mind, I was like, ha Yeah, and that felt, it was good. It was good. I was there watching. He was there. Yeah. Yeah. I was in the crowd. Yeah, that was the first time I had seen Future Ex-Boyfriend live. And I remember they started the set and I was like, oh, this is a really cool project that I probably should have been a little bit more aware of coming into it. 
I've always told Tyler that the music that Future X Boyfriend plays is really good at giving you what you don't know you want yet. But I just remember them playing a really awesome set and just being really proud of them after. I had my little camera, I was snapping a couple of pics here and there, just being their buddy. But I mean, I wasn't necessarily planning on being in the band a year later. It's a trip looking back for sure. During the writing process, I was just figuring out how to produce the album. It's all self-produced and self-mixed, and so there was a lot of like trial and error. I wrote 40 songs in the course of a year, um, maybe a year and a half. After I had finished all the demos, I, I don't know if you've ever tried to listen to 40 songs and then like also take notes on them. It took us all day. Basically, we like narrowed down what songs that we wanted to like finish. And then Isaac helped me engineer a lot of the keeper takes. And then um, basically, I used all of my PTO at the very end of the year for when I had a day job and lived at his parents' house for three weeks. We bought like $10,000 worth of gear that we took back after we were done with it because that's what we wanted to do. Felt good. Um, it was really silly. There was a lot of stuff that we didn't necessarily like know how to use. It just was like Googling what other people were using on their vocals. It was pretty much 12 to 14 hours a day for three weeks straight that we like just drove ourselves crazy a little bit. I think it was during that. That was the first time I met you in person while you had been sleeping at Isaac's. Oh. And I remember just coming over and you guys just both looked haggard. Terrible. <laughs> it was horrible. Since we were at Isaac's parents' house, it was like, be super respectful, be sober, be, you know, so it was just like Red Bull and determination. And, sleeping on the couch. And sleeping. Yeah, I slept on the couch in the studio. It would get really, really hot in there. <laughs> it was just like half naked all the time. Didn't you have a broken laptop happen too? Oh, dude. Yes. So... I had thankfully already transferred all of my projects to a new Mac Mini, but I had my old laptop that I like wrote everything on. About two weeks into it, Isaac's parents' kitchen flooded and the water ended up coming into the basement from the ceiling. But it was like three in the morning, we're like finishing up one of the sessions for the day and I just hear like an animal screaming, like just the most terrifying sound I've ever heard. And it was my laptop. Because wherever I put my laptop, there's just a steady drip of water that just waterboarded my laptop until it died and it fried it. If it would have happened like four days before, I think we would have lost the whole album. Then it was time for me to figure out how to mix it, which was maybe like the next three weeks after that. I had to go back to work, but of my off time, I was just mixing it. And Josh, our drummer, recalls picking me up for either a rehearsal or a gig and just me being so stressed out. Like just chain smoking joints because I don't smoke cigarettes and just being like, I think it sounds good. Does it sound good? Do you like it? Do you, do you like it? Oh, I hate it.
lots of feeling just so crazy. And then I didn't feel relieved until we got the masters back. I've had friends recall this time where they're like, I didn't hear from you for three months. Like you dropped off the face of the earth. Then I totally did. I didn't do anything except for work on the album. You were a troll. I was a troll. Still go into troll mode sometimes. It's healthy and small dosages. High at the gym, when I wrote it, that was like the day that I was like, album. And at first I wanted to call the album High at the Gym. For a long time, that was like the running and working title of it. High at the Gym just felt like I was coming out of the breakup finally. Like I was starting to get over it. I had been going to the gym a lot because over COVID, I just fell into a lot of not very healthy habits. And I was kind of raised going to the gym by my bodybuilder dad. He used to always, like if you were in a bad mood, he'd just be like, well, did you work out today? Which is maybe not like the healthiest version of mental health, but it was my version of mental health. But I was actually, you know, I was smoking weed in the parking lot of the gym. If you're high at the gym, you can just do cardio forever, it feels like. You just don't think about anything. And that was like a moment for me where I was like, oh, I'm not thinking about my breakup. Like, I'm just here. I remember actually leaving the gym one day. I had the melody of High at the Gym, like, in my head and, like, the background vocals. I just could hear it super clearly. And I drove home, like, as fast as I could, basically. And I put it all down in a demo um, in, like, an hour. And I just was like, ah, yes. It just, yeah, it was just a very big, like, epiphany moment for me. You're about to hear our song, High at the Gym from our album FXB in its entirety.
If you enjoyed this episode of Soundwaves, please take 60 seconds to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Did you enjoy this episode of Slug Soundwaves? You and the local community can continue to enjoy Slug Mag's content for free, but please consider making a one-time or ongoing contribution. Each contribution, no matter the amount, helps support Slug's creation of thoughtful media coverage on SLC's music, arts, events, and community subcultures. Head over to slugmag.com donate to make your contribution today.